Todd, I sat on mother's knee. And the- <laughs> this is how I learned the little verse she taught to me. Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of rice. Four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. And when the pie was open, the birds began to sing. Wasn't that a lovely thing to set before the king? <laughs> My memory is becoming... Oh, apologies. It's just mood music, darlings. Do you hear that? Oh, quiet, you. Another minute and I'll do the dance. I'll jig, jig, twirly well, just for you. <laughs> so long as you do something for me. Oh, you will. You hear me? Oh, where the devil were we? Oh, weakness. My memory is becoming increasingly unreliable. It has occurred to me that it is probably the only thing I have human enough to fail. The only thing capable of dying. Perhaps too much mileage? Overusage? It is selective to the point it is self-cleansing details of what is and is not important, which I think is unfair. I have escalating everyday obstacles that can be petty. How did I get here? When did I check in? Oh, there's my luggage. Wait, I have luggage? Where are my bloody car keys? Where did I park? Wait, why do I have car keys? I don't own a car. Do I? <sighs> this is a worsening roundabout game played in my skull every year for about the last 280 years. I can remember, for example, that I've been married in Avignon at the very least four times, but nothing of the weddings themselves. Not the honeymoon, the guests. The brides tend to come in and out of focus like a collage of experience. The details of our romances intermingled, foggy. Who was it again that wore too much rouge and downed toddies for breakfast? Who was the limping mistress of Kutuzov that I stole for my own? I used to kiss one on her navel, and she twitched and laughed and stretched herself a mile long across ivory sheets. The big-bosomed one I named my pot-belly pig. She was. They were. I have no total idea. Worse still, I have blackout weeks, months, even years of my life, normally near intense wars or world traumas. Anywhere death is in abundance. The Civil War, World War II, Vietnam, Desert Storm, both Katrina and 9-11, I lost time. Where do I go? How do I get there? But more curious, how do I feed without getting caught? And then there is the Crimson Wilderness, a period of time from approximately 1390 to 1518 where I remember nothing. Or so little it might as well be nothing. Some details are imprinted in my mind. Feedings, obviously, but also minuscule things like every single cobblestone in Bucharest, Romania, on streets that lie between Calia Victoriae and the river Dimbovitsa, the lovely monochromatic sheet glass of St. Chapelle's Cathedral. The best raw hot dogs in the world are not in some Iranian cart in NYC, but sold out of a wooden crate by Yuri Zelzinov, an Irish-Russian immigrant always on the move between Volgograd and Volga. That I can even eat his hot dogs makes me wonder what they are actually made of. My memory is either cracked eggs or mechanically precise. There is no in-between. 
Occasionally, when I am in just the right spot, my memory will sink and cause a psychic connection to the past. It only takes a moment and... There is Mozart, the only Mozart that will ever matter. And we have audience. Me and my lovely blushing Prussian, gripping my hand at the thrill of it all. We being the only two in the room that know only four days ago she was sucking sailors for scraps. I saved her from that, and she saved me from something else. Now the two of us are living like wealth, loving like fools, laughing like fuck. The sixteenth sonata floods the room, and it is serene, amorous, and pure. He is playing from his veins right into our very own, and I turn to her there. I confess to the first woman I ever confess to that I eat or have eaten people. And instead of being horrified, she smiles, makes a quib of it, and I am ill. Because now I know she will need proof, and I will have a lot of explaining to do. Just like that, I am back at the present-day Salaterina, listening to some world-class infant ham-hand the same notes with the precision of a surgeon, but the heart and subtlety of a warthog. It is like my train of thought is carrying years of freight, so heavy with all the pulsing wonders of ordinary days and extravagant nights I have lived. I just can't keep it all together. This has been rough on me. The losing part. I'm not used to it. So to mitigate some of the damage in the early 1800s, I made a deal with the devil. Or perhaps I should say the devil's lawyers. I started with a mutual arrangement with... <laughs> Well, I couldn't tell you their name, could I? So let's just call them Tet Otto Regale. If you could pull that apart, you might know the name of one of the great true secret societies. Branching off for a tick, Illuminati, Freemasons, Skull and Bones are not really secret societies. Secret societies should not be Googleable or have Wikipedia entries. Not too much secret in that, is there? There are only a few true secret societies left, and they are all born of generational incest. Packs from the old world, bloodlines mixed through intermarriage of supernatural beings, and those very few mortals privy to the information. It is all on a need-to-know basis. No secret spills out entirely. <laughs> but here I am gabbing on. I am certain they are listening. But I challenge you as I do them. Who is going to stop me? Hmm, we better wrap this up. Closing points. Tet Otto Regale may be the oldest, the most powerful, and certainly the purest. It is very possible that they alone hold all the truths of the supernatural, the spiritual, and the other. I am aware that if anyone knows exactly what I am, it would be them. But then they would claim me as their own in trade for that information. I prefer the service-for-service service agreement, and even that makes me squeamish. For them, every now and then, I have to assassinate, disembowel, tear asunder, or otherwise destroy something or someone specific. In trade, they provide me a piece of information. A letter I once wrote in confidence to Joshua Fry Speed, a curious hotel ledger from 1776. Wedding photos taken on the first Aguero types. But the fact that they parcel it out so judiciously is frustrating. I do not like being the bullet in anyone's gun, but for now, it works. Lastly, and forgive me for being vague, I recently found out several very disturbing things about my beginnings that I had previously lost in the fire. 
and for that reason, I will not for the foreseeable future give you too much of my distant past, my dear, beloved listener. I am not ready to expand on the things I regret, or the things at least should have regretted. Suffice to say, the only good part of all that falls away from me. Today, I don't have to compare and contrast with the me of yesteryear, who I can summarise was an unbelievable prick. Maybe I'm being too hard on myself. It is my pleasure to report that there is no make or model of anything in this universe that is perfect. Shakespeare was an amiable prick, Van Gogh an eccentric prick, Franklin Roosevelt was a heady prick, and Kurt Cobain was a self-possessed messianic cunt, but he could sure as hell cut a tune. And I can say that I knew every single one of them personally. That much I do remember. And back to the music. 